is filled with images of emo, and most are created by teens. We found many of these pictures and videos on MySpace and YouTube. Usually, like, their hair is, like, swooped, and then in front of, like, one eye. Ask any teenager, and most will tell you what they see. Kids who consider themselves emo often wear dark clothes, eyeliner, and... They just have their own style. Teens will tell you what emo hears. Mixture between goth and punk. And some will tell you what they think emo feel. I think they're like suicidal sometimes. I think it goes overboard. But ask a parent the same questions. Emo. What did you say? Emo. No. I was thinking Elmo. <laughs> Would Elmo sing this? by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on everybody welcome to episode 252 of the iron jacob blue american podcast i believe it's 252 don't quote me on that but welcome nonetheless to the iron jacob blue american podcast i am your host in the place to be mr jacob p and sitting right across from me in a brand new sweatshirt and i'm not talking about brand new as in uh the the, the sweater itself is brand new but the, the band on there is brand new in a brand new sweater is the brown recluse mr Artro. art say hello to the millions and millions, what the fuck is going on? Hell yeah, dude! I bought this on clearance. <laughs> on, uh, I was just walking by Hot Topic, and they had a clearance rack in front of the Hot Topic, okay. which never happens. And I was like, let me check it out. And I bought this, and I never really wore it. I think I bought this in like 2014 like or 2013. And I never really wore it that much. And I was like, because I'm not really, like, I like crew necks, but I don't love crew necks. Like, it's hard for me to, like, just, I'm more of a hoodie person. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, I do like it, but anyways. And, and and this doesn't really make any sense. I've had people say that it looks like an alligator. I've had, I, I don't know what it, I honestly don't know what it's supposed to be, to be I quite honest either. with you. Maybe a crowd or a, a uh, forest or. I always said it was supposed to be, like, the skyline of New York. But it doesn't look like that at all. I have no idea what that's supposed to even be. So I if anyone owns this brand new sweatshirt and can explain to me what the hell that's supposed to be, 
it's like an ink blotch. It's yeah. Like, what do you it's see? Like Broshack test there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, anyways, guys, my name is Art. You're listening to the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. Guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory of uh, coffee. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the cacao butter. They got um, sweatpants hats. They got the whole thing. If you're trying to look cheat up from the feet up, uh, guys, go to cavemancoffee.com. Uh, use promo code America at checkout to receive 15% off. Um, and uh, take a picture of yourself drinking the coffee, drinking the hibiscus tea, wearing the sweatpants, wearing the hat. Tag us, tag them. It shows that you care. Uh, once again, use promo code America at checkout to receive 15% off. Yes. So, and speaking of sponsors, guys, make sure you go on over to SucraApparel.com, where the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has put together an illustrious line of clothing and other merchandise with designs that she designed with her own two blood diamond digging hands over there in South Africa. So check that out. Uh, support her and everything that she does. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's it's great stuff, guys. Um, you know, Art and I both have, you know, shirts and stuff and apparel. Uh, check out my boy Jesus Fuentes from the Ar- Words Are Hard podcast. Uh, he buys a new t-shirt from that store every single week. And when you buy a t-shirt or anything, you know, with a Sucre Apparel logo on it, guys, put it in your cart. Make sure you enter promo code Art and Jacob. And Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. So God bless her and everything that she does. And with that said, Art, we are not here to talk about blood diamonds or, well, we might talk about what's on your shirt. We'll we'll touch on that. Uh, But we're not here to talk about coffee or hibiscus teas or shit like that. Art, what are we here to talk about today? Um, Guys, we're here to talk about um, the musical genre of emo. Yes. Um, We've covered new metal. We've covered butt rock. Now we're covering emo. And we kind of cover we metal like a bajillion times as well too. Yeah, like, I mean metal is like what part of metal kind of thing? Like yeah, you yeah. know, like it's I I like these because it's like it's not only is it easy to research because a lot of it is just like <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, we're some music. Nerds. I like was there like I've seen brand new live. I've seen Bright Eyes live. I've seen Senses Fail live. Like. It's not like I'm like, let me research what the census fail is or whatever. Like, I don't know who this, uh, I'm trying to think, like, Sunny Day Real Estate. Let's find out what they're all about. Yeah. Might use them to rent a home or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I, it's it's not like I've never heard of it before. So it is a, it's a it's fun something, one. Something it, we live through, too. Yeah. It's a fun one. I was both really young when, when it was, like, popping off at its height, mm-hmm. the Paramore years or whatever, like the... The Fallout Boy years, that's really the tight, the Dashboard Confessionals years, that that was a tight, and that's when, you know, I was exiting high school, so it was like, okay. You were like Britney Spears, not not a girl, not yet a woman at this point kind of thing? It was a weird time, like, it, I, I, I think I said in the new metal era, where like, you know, 9-11 hit, new metal, in my opinion, 9-11 hit, new metal dies, because it's like a lot of those songs, like, you can't play Freak on a Leash anymore. Mm. You can't play System of a Down. Like, you, all these things you couldn't play anymore. So, like, the bands kick in. Yeah. And then after the band, like, the you know, the White Stripes, Interpol, the, you know, the Strokes, the strokes all those bands kick off. I think that, that was, like, the cool thing for a while. But the problem with those is that it wasn't really marketed towards the youth. It was, it always, those bands always seemed very mature. It seemed like college radio, like, you know, like, a lot of it was, like, 
you would see like, the videos. You would see like the strokes, and they're like at nightclubs, like drinking and smoking with like. It felt like music that like people like in their thirties that like have like an office job listen to or whatever. Like it was just yeah. a lot of that. Like, hey Tim, you want to go out for a drink and go well, see the Strokes? Well, it always looked like to me like it always looked like like New York club bands kind of thing where it was like. Like, oh, you got to be, like, cool dude with, like, a leather jacket and go to, like... Ryan from The Office. It felt like Ryan from The Office would we'll see shit like that. Yeah, yeah it's, like... But it, it, it was not, like... And then... So, I don't think it could survive, like, not long enough. Like, it was cool, but, like, dudes in Bakersfield, like, where are you going? Like, there's, like... There's nothing to relate to that. And I think that's where, like, emo kicked in, where, like, emo was very, like youth oriented like every dude in an emo band looked like they were like fucking 19 to like 22 years old or even younger <laughs> yeah it was like they all like fucking like look like they lived with their parents kind of thing they all look like they play in a garage band like like i don't know it was very easy to market that like mm-hmm. as opposed to marketing interpol which is like dudes dressed in like business suits or whatever that look like and let's face it though like whatever's cool is always going to be dictated by the youth Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not gonna be like somebody thirties <laughs> in an office job yeah. or at that time you're a grandparent already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, but it didn't or its origins weren't there. No, no. Its origins go back way back to like the nineteen eighties, nineteen eighty five. I want to say, but before we do get into that, we we like we said we both lived through emo, and one thing, one way I want to start off this podcast is kind of like. How, while it was going off, while it was popping off, like we mentioned, like it was like 2003, 4, 5, or whatever, like that era, you mentioned it. We're all we're out of high school at this point or whatever. What were your feelings towards emo? Um, it was hit and miss. Like it was, uh, there were emo bands that I thought were like disgusting. Like they were like those bands that looked super corny. It reminded me of like the 19 like 80s glam rock movement or whatever where it was like this is corny as fuck like dudes have like the big hair and like makeup yeah like it reminded me of that like i can't fuck with that like in the 80s i wouldn't fuck with like any like poison or motley crew like i couldn't fuck with any of that shit because it just didn't feel real to me it didn't feel organic so there were bands that looked the part like that and i was just like it sounded the part it all just sounded like copy and paste copy and paste like here's the emo thing um, so there were bands that just absolutely just could not fuck with. They all sounded the same. They all looked the same. Like, not at all for me. On the flip side of that, there were bands that I was like, this is like legitimately good. I'm wearing a brand new sh- sweater because like I legitimately, when we did the, our top favorite albums of all time, I think I put the devil and God is raging inside of me at like number seven or something like that. Cause like that album to me, like legitimately is like a staple of like amazing music. Like, same thing with like a bright eyes. I, I think bright eyes is like, you know, Casadega and uh, I'm wide awake. It's morning. Like those albums, like really do mean a lot to me. Like they're just so well done. But again, they didn't look like that. They weren't dressed like Motley Crue. They didn't sound the part like that. Same thing with Census Fail. Like I just think Census Fail was like, um, you know, it was like an emo hardcore band, which you know you can call it a screamo band down the line. But like they also didn't have like the high pitch like guy singing thing like it was, yeah it was it didn't really feel like that it almost felt like like this dude's voice is too low to be considered emo <laughs> kind of thing i don't know there's things like that also like i guess i was listening to a an emo playlist just to like refresh myself on some of these bands and like uh circus survive came on and i never associate circus survive with with emo but i guess a lot of people do so like i do like circus survive 
I do like Cursive. Cursive popped up on the list. I didn't think Cursive would. I always thought Cursive more of an indie band, and so like I was like, that's, that's a lot of bleed over, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was like I guess it's like emo indie, I guess. But like I do like those guys. Um, I've always intended to listen to the band American Football for the album American Football, um, which I've never did. But in that playlist, one of their songs came on, and I was like, this is pretty decent. I do have to check it out. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's there's things I really really enjoyed. I the the My Chemical Romance, the Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, I think is like one of my favorite albums ever. And like um and that's like pretty fucking emo, like at the height of its emo. Oh well, like, yeah, they're considered the kings of emo, even yeah. though some people don't consider them emo and they themselves don't consider themselves emo, but like they are the emo band kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Um, um I guess like for me, um I I absolutely hated it. And, like, all those bands you mentioned it, like, either at that time, like, I had no idea who they were because, like, it just wasn't for me. Or, like, my my view of emo was always, like, Dashboard Confessional. Oh, I hated that. And I hated that shit yeah. with a passion. Like, I remember, like, they had, like, a song, like, I believe it was on the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is the most god-awful. How, okay, you had, like, the guy from Nickelback on the first fucking album, whatever, and you managed to get even worse with, like, this shit? Like, I don't even think, like, emo was, like, even a term being thrown around at that time. I did Like, it was just called tampon rock. Like, either, like, you were, like, hardcore, like, hardcore punk, or, like, you were, like, hard, like, metal, like, kind of thing. And I was, like, more, like, taking a vacation from, like, modern music, like, and discovering, like, older shit. Like, you know, getting into, like, Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, like, all sorts of other shit. Because, like... Modern music just like just seemed like it just wasn't for me or whatever. You mentioned it was like it was a time period after high school. So it was just like my time had kind of come and gone. That's the way I kind of viewed it. Or it's just like, let me go back and see like what what still hits today kind of thing. So like shit like that that was going on, like I wasn't even paying attention to. Yeah. Because it wasn't for me. Like, you know, like the most modern thing like I was listening to was probably like I was getting like really into like Pantera, which like when I was trying to like nail down like what is emo and like I would see like on paper like it's people being very emotional about their feelings or whatever and like I would like be like well that's Phil Anselmo does the same shit but like what I would never say like any Pantera song like I'm broken like fucking Sunny Day Real Estate could cover that fucking uh, song and make it emo or whatever and because the lyrics are there like everything's there but it's just like the aesthetic, like the the like how the musicians are playing the music and you know how it's presented. Like you mentioned, like that stereotypical, like compared yeah. to like Phil Anselmo's like I'm broken kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like that's like where I was just like, okay, that's just not for me. Like that immediately like makes my dick soft. Is like when I hear like that like high pitched like dude voice and whatnot, yeah. and then like this like this like not like happy guitar tone, but like more of a like. Like, like when I feel like, like, like when I hear like a power chord or whatever, like there's just something that like reverberates in my soul. Yeah, yeah. And like, there's none of that in emo, like the, the hardest shit that's out there or whatever is still like relatively like pop punky, which is never like fucking resonated with me. So like at that time I was very like anti, anti emo. So I, I, yeah, I guess I, I agree with you to a certain extent. Like there's like, I would say like a band like census fail was like way heavier than a lot of metal bands out there like they're fucking brutal and um but i do think like i hear a band like like a limp biscuit or something like that and like <laughs> i think like that's and that's always been the the thing to me like 
when I listen to a band like Radiohead or or Limp Bizkit or like even a Kid Rock, <laughs> like which you know in his heyday like Kid Rock was pretty heavy or whatever, but like to me it doesn't mean shit. Like to me that that's nothing. Like I I don't care about like how heavy your riff is or like whatever like Limp Bizkit like all that shit. Like it's not manly to me. It's not like anything to me because it's like to me this is like some like some like frat boy like bullshit like i can't relate to that kind of thing i listen to like a radiohead thing and it's like even though like this isn't like riff like no one's gonna go to war listening to radiohead like this dude's (laughs) shit is like way cooler like this to me is like way fucking like cooler darker like i like the elements of like the abstract i've always uh, appreciated those elements the artistry of it yeah and so like there's there's those elements like i don't give a fuck like how heavy something is i don't care about anything like that like to me it's always like what do you is this is this legitimately you or is this like that's why like all those 80s bands like i discredit them completely because i think that they're all just copy and paste copy copy and paste like like van halen did it well and like and then everybody- I'm actually just honestly that's one of the things like I'm just like now discovering Van Halen like r- within like this year like okay so you're where I was at in 2004 so like <laughs> so like I've always like discredited that like that genre of like that time period but like I like discovered like Van Halen recently and I'm like dude Van Halen is like so fucking good yeah no shit <laughs> like Van Halen like is is super good and like I've always like I don't like to like dismiss is like i don't that's genre of music's not for me because there's like been genres of music that i'll find and i'm like well that and that artist i really love like mm-hmm. this artist i really love and that's how i feel about emo where it's like i don't want to discredit the entire genre but there's like really bad things in it which we'll get into and like there's things i really like legitimately love like i legitimately like think that the brand new album the the devil and god is like incredible and, and i think that's where i'm at right now where it's just like yeah, at that time, in my little eighteen-year-old brain, where it's just like, "Oh, this is not for me." Discredit the whole thing, yeah. and let's let me go down. Let me find my tribe, and that's like mm-hmm. where emo kind of was. It was like kids finding like their tribe, where it's just like, "I don't Id-, yeah. like kids like that came out after nine eleven, where it's just like, "Well, I don't identify with new metal and uh, pop punk." Like, let's admit I mean, it. The yeah, same pop- thing kind of happened to, to new metal, where it's like you look back at it, and there's like this cringe factor of like people wearing like Janko pants and all this shit. Like there was like like white dudes trying to look like they're like urban hip-hop dudes and it's like dude you fucking grew up like in the nice white neighborhood like shut the fuck up kind of thing but like their metal wasn't fucking motley crew like they had evolved past that they they were the kids that grew up with both fucking metal and rap so it's just like well this is my tribe kind of thing and that's the way i look at like emo kids where it was just like okay like my older brother listened to pop punk that's his shit but my tribe is kind of like a a a blended pop of or blended pot of all sorts of other things. And uh, I think this is like a perfect time to kind of get into like, what is emo and how did it start kind mm-hmm. of thing. So um, you were about to go into it. Uh, emo kind of, I guess gets its start like in the mid eighties. Some people say that like the beach boys is like pet sounds is like the first emo record. And I was anybody that's ever listened to pet sounds. I don't know how you would come to that conclusion. Cause it's more of a like, the first David Bowie's <laughs> album more mm-hmm. than it is like an emo album. But uh, the band that I guess gets credited uh, for, you know, starting emo is a band called Rites of Spring. And it kind of comes out of the Washington DC um, hardcore punk scene where w- that's, that's a future topic waiting to happen in itself. Like the Washington DC, like punk scene, hardcore punk scene uh, is responsible for influencing all, 
all sorts of genres, hundreds, if not maybe thousands of bands uh, came out of this um, small movement, you know, in the, the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, but it was very much an aggressive sound, uh, very political. Um, you get, you know, flag bearers like fucking Henry Rollins. When you think of Henry Rollins, you think of like a very like fucking like aggro dude, but very like smart and politically motivated type of person. Uh, but there was people that, you know, didn't necessarily vibe with it. They enjoyed the music, but they didn't really vibe with like, yo, fuck the man kind of thing or whatever. And wanted to have music kind of like you were talking about, where it was yeah. more like, you know what, like, yeah, politics are cool and all, but like, there, I got some demons like I'm wrestling in within myself. So then you get Rites of Spring, um, who I believe like the lead singer was like a big fan of like Minor Threat and whatnot. Well, he was in Minor Threat. Uh, was he? So like, Minor Threat breaks up. Um, I mean, Minor Threat should get its own episode because like, what Minor Threat inspired with like their like tiny little like <laughs> existence like people still look back at minor threat like minor threat was like had a giant discography when they had like two albums yeah it was like not, not a lot of not a lot there but in that like little bit of time the in like their short amount of time the dude says like i don't need you i've got straight edge and like one of his lyrics and everyone takes that flag and like rides it and like creates a movement called straight edge yeah. and like all of a sudden everyone's vegan and like no one's doing premarital sex. No one's doing drugs. And like, it's like just cause some dude wrote that. And like, same thing It's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Like I'm going to just like do like more emotional. And, and, and I don't want to say like emotional. I think that that's the thing that I think you're right. When you say like, well, everybody like Jonathan Davis, like fucking cries in the first corn album. Are you oh. telling me that's not emotional? Like even like I was thinking, I was like, what is emo? Like in on paper, like when they're like, it's, it's uh being retrospective and nostalgic and being in touch with your emotions. And I was like, well, Marvin Gaye's album, Hear My Dear, that deserves its own topic right yeah. there in itself. Like, it's an album that he wrote from beginning to end about his divorce from his wife or whatever. Like, the whole fucking court settlement <laughs> was yeah. that, like, he needs to write an album for his wife and all proceeds go to her. It's, it's a fucking, it's a the most emotional experience, like, you'll ever experience. But I don't consider that emo. It's soul music, but it's not emo. Are you going to tell me the blues are emo? Are we going to retrofit, you know, the term emo to fit blues? Like, no, it's two well, separate I, I things. I just think, like, it, it's the first time that um, it it was, like, introduced to metal. Like, metal or, like, the hardcore Punk. genre. Like, the way the way that I see it, and, and, like, this is just my personal view, is, like, you you take out, like, what's what was popular at the time. And, like, to me, there was no band in that DC movement that, like, led the flag more than than the bad brains did like the bad brains to me were like hardcore dc like punk punk hardcore whatever you want to call it um at that time period and they weren't talking about like like you know i feel sad today like it was like it was everything was like attitude and everything was like fucking like you know hr's like flipping out on stage and shit like everything was like brutal like you know there was no time for like talking about something you know, nobody's just, that was just not okay to talk about in that time period. Like it was just, it was, this is too hard. And so to take that and to be like things that we feel are, are okay to talk about now, like fucking Chester from Lincoln Park is talking about this on every fucking song, like just had not been done before. Yeah. It was frowned upon. Yeah. And it was like, now it's like you have like, cause it was like the tough guy thing to do. It was like, everybody was like fucking like, you know, we're anti the man we're like all this shit we're all brutal fucking like 
skinheads and on the racist. It was very black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And so like to have somebody come out and like talk about something like, you know, to like feeling these emotions that everyone feels, but like, you know, this is the first time it's being acknowledged. It was kind of groundbreaking. Um, even in like set, like you never heard like Led Zeppelin, like Led Zeppelin was like super poetic. Same thing with like Ozzy, like Ozzy had more like poetry style type of like ab, I don't want to say abstract, but it was like more like I don't know, like metal well, at that well, time change, period. I I think that's where I disagree. I think like a song like Changes off of Black Sabbath, like that's very much you can try to retrofit that as an emo song, but I wouldn't consider it emo. It was just like talking about things, and but I think it's very much like what you were talking about, like in in a in a box, basically like hardcore punk. Like it was very black or white. Like everything from the marketing of the CDs or the the vinyls, if you will. Like everything was just black or white. Like this is this is how things are done. Boom, 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 boom. It's not until like that touch of gray comes in with like rites rites of spring, where it's just like, oh, okay, like we we can ex- we can expand upon this with like our inner feelings. How are we able to be better people? Like looking back, like yeah, I'm kind of an asshole, or this th- this makes me cry as a man, kind of thing, or whatever kind of thing. And that's what rites of spring were doing, and then like from that, like you like you were saying. Uh, it's a, a summer called Revolution Summer with all sorts of things started to pop off. You know, the, the punk genre starts to grow out from like, you know, three chords and like, hey, fuck the man to like, oh, okay, like we're the genre is growing to, you know, something more deep where it's called Revolution Summer in 1985. And so there was a lot of bands that were labeled emo and it was kind of emo was kind of seen like as like a as a diss where it's just like bands that were being labeled emo, like they hated like that moniker, even like right. Like the lead singer from rights of spring was just like, no, like we're not emo. Like that's the stupidest fucking thing ever. They even mentioned like fucking bad brains. Like, are you going to tell me just because he talks about like his feelings? I don't like one song. Like he's emo. Like, no, like every, like, like we're talking about, like, it's just like, that's just a part of like, of art is like talking about your emotions kind of thing. So it was, it was, I believe it was like thrasher magazine. It was like, they, they call them emo core bands mm-hmm. and it was more of like a diss kind of thing, but they took it and kind of ran with it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's, that's a time period that I was barely, I don't know if I was even alive for some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I don't know. I mean, it was definitely, definitely a different like atmosphere in like the metal hardcore community, like than it is when, it is now for sure, but definitely even when I was younger, like it wasn't like that. Like, um, like a band like Gorilla Biscuits or something like that. Like, I don't know if that would survive today. Like, everything was like so DIY. Everything was so like, like buddies just passing like cassette tapes and like Correct. homemade vinyls to each other and like all this stuff. So to hear that one like outlier talking about, you know, it's not so much like, like, like like I'm sad or I'm angry about cuz this thing which you know you're right like Ozzy you know had emotional stuff like that before but like this is the first time that somebody like full on like addressed it and like said like <laughs> like like this plus this equals this kind of thing like mm-hmm. I take a pill every day to make myself feel okay kind of thing like like that's something that you know wouldn't fucking fly in like you know like that is like a full on like this dude's obviously talking about some like medication that he was prescribed to like make himself get through each day kind of yeah, thing yeah which was not you know it, being it, documented like in music yeah and it was like damn like that's pretty crazy like that that dude like said that kind of thing you know and like it was very taboo in the 80s in Reagan's America you didn't get that shit and like you're very you're very right like we're this was uh, 
the era of like tape trading. Like this is how Metallica gets big. This is how like all of these like big bands that you see now, this is how they got big is like the tape trading um, fucking industry or, or underground movement or whatever. And especially like with punk rock, like punk, like all these bands that we just talked about, they had very relatively, relatively short lifespans. Like they would last like a year, two years, three years if they were lucky but like their legacy would live on because people would trade tapes and they would do this thing called like fanzines or whatever where like it was kind of like it was like butcher box like where they would like curate like this package and they would send it out to people like whether like well like with the magazines like you would mail in something and then like a fan would send you out like a package like all right here's like some here's like these like six like you know tapes that you know you gotta hear kind of thing or whatever and bands that were like rights of spring or whatever like that would start to spread across america slowly but surely to where like then by the 90s like you would have like groups like in the midwest and in new york and even in the west coast discovering like this music you know that was made like in the mid 80s like they were discovering it now just like it was like a new thing kind of thing so it kind of like slowly crept across america during this time period yeah um so what time period is this this is like the mid 90s or whatever about that but I wanna, so where i want to go with it is like it's like it's 1990 like george yeah. du- george hw bush is president or whatever so kind of um, thing. i mean let's face it at this time period it's still there but it's definitely still in the underground it's oh, like that thing that's that's known about uh you know glam metal is like popping off Ted Nugent's in a fucking power band and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and like Nirvana's about to pop off. And that's the big one right yeah. there is when Nirvana pops off because I think, and I, I got some pushback on it. I feel like Guns N' Roses and Metallica, they helped kill like that whole like glam uh, hair metal scene or whatever. Uh-huh. But it wasn't like the death nail wasn't fucking blown until like Nirvana comes in and fucking just says like, all right, this is the new shit kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like Nirvana, like say what you will about Nevermind or whatever, but it really was like a turning point in music where it's just like, oh, we're going to pay attention to like all this underground music. So yeah, of course, like grunge gets popular. Uh, this is also the time period like gangster rap starts to get popular with NWA's like second album going number one. Uh, but you have like record companies really paying attention to like indie music and the underground scene. So like you were saying, this was very much an underground genre until fucking Nirvana's Nevermind comes out. Yeah, I so you saying cuz I've never associated Nirvana with like emo. Well, Nirvana not necessarily emo, but like their their impact on the music industry helped open the door to like okay, before a major record label wouldn't be even looking at like a fucking uh uh fucking uh, Jawbreaker, Sunny Day Real Estate or yeah. even a Weezer beforehand, but since Nirvana yeah. after Nirvana, like the the rules changed kind of thing. Yeah, I guess so. Um I think that they like, like alt rock became like a thing at the mm-hmm. time period. Um, to me, that that was like the big thing of, about Nirvana that like they broke that barrier where like before like metal felt really corny, and, and like I, I was to me it was like I've said this before like a lot of what metal was like the heavier bands were like talking about like wizard shit and, like <laughs> just things that I, I just couldn't fuck with, um, or like it was like girls, girls, like just like fucking like white people shit like it was like not for me dude and like to me nirvana like coming out and like having like these like weird abstract lyrics that are just kind of like cryptic but emotional like you know there's like sorrow in his voice and like 
he's you know one of the songs is about a girl being raped and all this stuff and like there's a song called rape me on it it's like just different things like there's like very like different opened up the door for things like like the rollins band and like um primus and like that that alt rock movement of the 90s like it almost felt like anything goes like you it was okay to like anything at this time period because mm-hmm. like it wasn't going to get weirder than primus anyways mm-hmm. and so like like you know like the the metal movement like if you were just into like like thrash metal like it almost seemed like dude you're lame you like thrash metal like look at fucking primus like they got fucking dude wearing a fucking pig mask and playing a cello <laughs> like like it was just like they changed the rules, yeah. Yeah, like, they, the, the rules were changed. Like, anything, like, weirder, the better. Like, it was, like, even MTV was, like, now playing, like, weird cartoons. Like, Beavis and Butthead was weird. And, like, that, like, Eon Flex and, like, The Head. Just, like, everything was just weird. Like, oh, every, every, everything was, like, just, like, the weirder, the better. Let's have all this weird shit on MTV. And, it felt like, like a great reset kind of thing. Yeah, it was just, like, well, let's just... Because it wasn't... It was no longer 80s. Now it was, like, that 90s, like like dirty like everything was like rob zombie like rob zombie himself like now he's like he's kind of just like a metal guy but at the time period it was like dude this guy's got like horror movie samples throughout his songs and like the songs are all weird and Mm -hmm. like nobody knew what to make of that yeah but not to get too far off the thing but like in that time period a band like sunny day real estate could like really thrive Mm -hmm. and like there were all these like bands that were kind of like um grungy but not really they were more like emotional they were more like well yeah sunny day real estate i believe they were from seattle so they kind of got like even though they weren't grunge they got Mm -hmm. lumped in with like all those those bands even like at this time period like weezer that's that's, i don't associate weezer with emo but like apparently like they like have a big influence like pinkerton and like i guess the blue album like are like big influences like in there whatever but i think like yeah, I, I would say like Sunny Day Real Estate to me is like I don't want to say like the Godfathers of emo because obviously there were things before them, but they were kind of like a blueprint. Nobody saw new metal until Corn did new metal like the way Corn did it, and that's how Sunny Day Real Estate is. I mean, there were other things. Yeah, I think I've always associated Weezer as like nerd rock, like that's its own little subgenre. But like, yeah, I mean, uh, Modest Mouse came out around the time period. Like Modest Mouse, same thing. They're from like that washington area where like everyone's gloomy or whatever and like the things that he was talking about were like pretty like like emotional too they were just like like doing dremidine to like <laughs> like just like weird things i was like dude people have those issues people do drugs to cope like what the yeah. hell like i didn't know that like just things like that like i didn't really understand yeah so that you get like a lot of bands getting contracts i believe like jimmy eat world i didn't know like they yeah. went back that far as well um, they attribute like Green Day's Dookie too to like kind of like because you, you can't talk about emo without talking about like pop punk as well. So like we're very much like there's like a, a corner where it's just like it's like post hardcore punk that we're talking mm-hmm. about, but there's also like this like pop punk movement too that like helps like get it to where we were at like in 2004. So like Green Day's fucking Dookie like that like kind of opened the doors of influence as well because like that like I believe is like 14 million copies of that album, and like you didn't hear punk like that pop punk like on mtv before it wasn't until like nirvana and it's like all right here's like a thing oh yeah and then green, I mean, I and then green think... day comes out and it's just like all right pop punk is like a big thing now all those bands like the green day and like green day adjacent bands like they all ripped off the descendants like the descendants were like already there i think most people were, like like all the milo goes to college stuff like like listen to one of those and tell me that shit did just like 
think Green Day just copied the blueprint of like, here we go, Milo goes to college. Like, yep. I don't know, but that's a whole different conversation. But a whole yeah, different topic. But yeah, like, so you got these two like movement kind of. You got like the Sunny Day Real Estate kind of bands, and then you got like the Green Day Pop Punk kind yeah. of bands or whatever. So then. Uh, like I was saying, like word of mouth kind of grows. You get like the whole Midwest emo movement going on, where like you get like the the very stereotype that is like emo, like the high pitch, like that yeah. shit, like the even the whole look, like with the glasses and whatnot. Uh, bands like the Promise Ring, Cap and Jazz, and the Get Up Kids are very much a part of like this movement. <laughs> the Get Up Kids was the first time I ever encountered a band that was like emo that I heard that I was like. What is this? And I can't remember the album, the one that has the two little robots that look like they just got done having sex. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. like, um, I remember seeing that and thinking, like, that is different. Like, <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard, like, rock music that wasn't, it wasn't corn, it wasn't something like that, but it also wasn't, like, Third Eye Blind. Like, I always thought, like, <laughs> Third Eye Blind was, like, what's shit? Yeah. This felt, like, somewhere in the middle where it was, like, this is, like, like, if one of these alt metal bands like had sex with with third eye blind or something like i didn't know what to make of it and i was just like it's weird it's like it's punky different. I, I thought i thought that was punk to me i was like oh this must be what punk is like i don't know what the hell punk is at the time i was i was young i was super young and i was like i think that was like not even my freshman year maybe even like the year before my freshman year that i was like dude get a kid get them kids are fucking what is this shit yeah i don't know i just thought that's like suburban white kids were into <laughs> which they were yeah uh but from there though like it grows out into new york new jersey which where i think like this is like where emo really like like gets his teeth sunk into whatever right so okay so mtv's playing you know like the get up kids and the promise ring shit like that probably like late night kind of shit uh but then you get like um this band called Lifetime and their their band Hello Bastards, which fuses hardcore punk with like all those like Midwest like emo aesthetics. And then so you get bands like Brand New, uh, My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, Thursday, like all those bands like kind of forming like this scene, like this community. And if you were listening to the Patreon earlier, it seemed like a lot like 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 the soccer community that we have like here in LA or whatever, right? So you have like all these like supporter groups and whatnot. Yeah. And it's just like this is like where like that punk community comes into play where it's just like, oh, we have this group of teenagers and kids and this is their tribe. This is how we dress, this is what we listen to, and that's where you get like from the whole New York, New Jersey scene. I remember right before like Thursday popped off, man, like they had that song, the understanding and a car crash song. And everything, like, dude, that shit is sick. Like, I was like, this is so cool. And I remember listening to, like, the rest of that album and thinking, like, oh, every song sounds exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, just thinking, like, it's not for me. Like, I like the understanding of the car crash song, but everything else is, like, I'm never going to feel this way ever again. Or, like, everything was, like, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, man, like, you're you're always like this? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, it was just like. And we talked about it, like, on the last Patreon where it's just, like, Trent Reznor, like, in Nine Inch Nails, he has songs kind of like that or whatever, but he mixes it up. So it's yeah. not always <laughs> the same shit. And, like, to me, like, when we talk about, like, all these bands or whatever, it kind of feels like it's, like, an hour yeah. and some change of all, like, this shit, like, just nonstop. Yeah, I mean, th- I I remember the first time I I heard brand new. So like I always think like there was like the very first wave, and then the second wave was like the Paramours and the My Chemical Romances, and like those. Mm-hmm. That's when it was like huge. But I think like that first initial wave with like Thursday, brand new, um, 
I'm trying to think of like other bands that were popping off at that time. I guess uh, Saves the Day. Saves the Day is the big one. Okay, so Saves the Day is the one that they had that like anthem of something. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was just like a video of the dude singing and like the room was spinning around him. And I remember thinking like, my sister was always like, dude, this guy is like fucking weird. He's got a weird face. Like this song sucks. <laughs> He's got a weird face. And like, I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, this fucking shit sucks. Not for me. And then like, it, I didn't even realize like, because they didn't sound like Get Up Kids. Like, I had heard Get Up Kids before that. And I was like, dude, this is weird. Like, I guess it's all right. Like, I was like, eh, it's not for me, though. Like, I like rock music, but not this. But definitely Saves the Day. Saves the Day is a band that, like, definitely should get more credit than they do because they made it popular. And then, like, Thursday took off. And, like, um, Brand New took off. And, like, Brand New started off, like, super pop punk emo-ish. Like, mm-hmm. um, then they evolved. I-, I don't know. I guess, you know, every... I think the better bands did find ways to evolve because um, down the, down the line, like, you know, the last time I saw Brand New, they had, like, a setup like Nine Inch Nails would have. Like, there's literally, like, projector screens would fall and rise. And, like, I was like, this is fucking nuts. Like, this doesn't even compute right now. Like, this is fucking <laughs> crazy. But, um, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that that was a really, like, for me, like that didn't feel tainted yet because it wasn't all over MTV and Hot Topic and all this shit. Like, well, yeah, because it was more. It was still like you were saying. It was very much an underground thing. Like it was for here locally. It would be like something you see like in the basement of Jerry's Pizza kind of thing. Yeah. Like with like ten, twelve fans, and like that was very much a thing. Or it's just like a lot of these concerts were happening in the basements of fans' uh, homes and shit. I think to me, the the moment like it, it like. It grossed me. The moment that, like, I felt like, oh, that's something that's not for me kind of thing. Like, because at that time, I was still, like, open to, like, listening to Thursday, open to listening to all these other bands. Like, I was not opposed to these things. I wasn't a big brand new fan at the time because I was like, eh, that's kind of, like, a little bit wussy. Like, this is talking about getting broken up with and, like, writing her song, like, a favorite, I don't know, her favorites, writing down her favorite songs or whatever shit. Like, I was like, that's, what? I don't know. That, Jonathan Davis doesn't do that. Like, uh-huh. like. But I think the band in the moment that I was just like not feeling it was the moment I heard Dashboard Confessionals, and oh, that yeah, was definitely. that. That was also like a band that I would consider first wave of like emo blowing up. Mm-hmm. And Dashboard kicked off, and I was like, "Dude, that dude is a fucking wuss!" Like, yeah, I would fight that dude, like, cause like <laughs> that dude is like a dude that deserves like an ass whooping. And not only that though, but like it was like very much like douchey like a douchey nerd kind of thing. Like uh-huh. the, when you think of douchebags, you always think of like that aggro guy that listens, that listens to Pantera or whatever. Like, Oh, you're a douchebag jock or whatever. But like, no, there's, there's douchebags, douchebags that, uh, fucking exist like in the nerd community. And it very much seemed like he was like one of those, like low key. Like, he was like the dude that like, I think acts like he's like, like not trying to bang your girlfriend and then bangs your girlfriend. He like, that's, the, that was the issue to me with dashboard that I was like, that dude was like super like pretty boy like yeah. it just it didn't jive well with me like the, the that and I'm sure he's like a nice guy or whatever but I I don't know anything about dashboard but like it, that's the vibe I got yeah yeah everything about that dude was just like this guy seems like a douche like and I remember like my senior year like everyone was trying to like look like that dude or whatever like yep. and I was like this fucking shit sucks and I was Dockers I, in a sweater vest yeah yeah everybody I don't know about sweater vest but everybody was like doing like the his like I don't know every. His look, you know, I yeah, get, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, I just not feeling it. But it was still kind of like, like in the background kind of thing, like new metal <laughs> shit was still p- fucking popping and shit. Yeah. But to me, like this shit doesn't start to get popular until like Napster comes out. We talked about like how Nirvana kind of changed the game. 
Napster changed the fucking game where it's just like before, like it took like years for like music to like, you know, come across the country. Like, like the misfits, like very much at this time period, like 99, like 2000, like kids were still like listening to the misfits shit that like happened, like in like the early eighties, like Danzig had already left the fucking band, if you will, or whatever. And had a whole other band at this time or whatever, but like misfits were still a thing because of like that slow crawl of like, you know, tape sharing or whatever. When Napster came out, like you're sharing computer files and this shit's like moving faster than the speed of light. So you can sit there, you know, on your computer after dinner and fucking download a whole fucking genre's worth of fucking music. Like, you know, and then the next morning, like your your MP3 player is like filled with like something new. You can share this with your friends and by, you know, you discover this on a Monday and by Thursday, <laughs> no pun intended fucking mm-hmm. you know it's already like the biggest trend like in the block and whatnot so like napster to me like that was another reason why fucking yeah, yeah. emo got super popular because it was like this very like underground thing that kids could like relate to and then the internet pops off with napster and it just spreads like wildfire i think for me personally what what it felt like was um like i was definitely in that in that age group where like it was a transition like the 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 torch was being like passed the baton was being passed from place to place like when i started high school like new metal was very popular and like everybody was trying to like be fred dirt or some bullshit yeah. like that like it felt like that when i started high school and then like my middle years it felt like all of a sudden everyone was like you know i feel like 9-11 happened everybody was trying to be the fucking dude from the Dashboard. white stripes or you know like everyone <laughs> Well, not, not that, but, like, the dub bands were, like, really popular. I didn't think it was sustainable, but, like, the time my senior year came and, like, all those bands started happening, everybody was, like, like, and I call it first wave because it wasn't as popular as, like, the minute I feel like I, I, I left high school and, and although, like, you know, I had Napster and, like, all that shit back then, but, like, the minute I left high school... You know, everybody, like, everybody and their fucking mom had a Facebook page. And, no, it wasn't Facebook, yeah. Or, sorry, MySpace. MySpace. Sorry, yeah. Everybody and their fucking mom had a MySpace page. And, like, I remember thinking, like, this is, like, so fucking weird, like, the MySpace era. Because now it was, like, you could see what your friends were listening to. You could see all this shit. You could see what's in their top eight. And, like, and this is probably going to sound a little bit sexist, but, I like, a lot of the girls really liked, like, dashboard confessionals and that sort of thing like it was it was definitely a musical genre that was a little more like girly inclined you know like it was like you know the dude from brand new wrote a song for his ex-girlfriend and shit like like it was it was something you can listen to with your girlfriend kind of thing and i do think that like that of course that was gonna be like well if you want to get with girls, like you gotta be into this kind of thing. Exactly. And so, like, I think the MySpace. As soon as MySpace happened, it was like a switch, like a oh, social networking oh, deal. Yeah. Yeah. All that shit, like dub bands, you're done. New metal, you're done. Like all this shit, you're done. Like now, it's like, it was. We were back in like 1980s, like we're like the Motley Crue thing, where like you had to look a certain way and like and be the way, a certain way. That's what tripped me out too, because like when we're talking about like bands like Sunny Day Real Estate, I mean, I know I mentioned Weezer or whatever. Uh-huh. You've, they very much had like had like that 90s like Michael Sarah like look to them or whatever. They uh-huh. just look like fucking nerds or whatever, right? And I was like, like to me, what tripped me out, like what was the switch where like everybody kind of looked like Nikki Six? Like when did that happen? And so like when I was looking doing the research, it wasn't until like you know 
record companies for like emo record comp direct emo company directly like oh fuck i can't even fucking find my one right now sorry but there was like record companies that were dedicated to fucking just signing emo bands and i guess it was like drive through records and i guess the big <laughs> one was vagrant records were like they were like you know like we're gonna aggressively market these bands because they're popping off on myspace they're popping off on you know, i haven't Napster. heard i haven't heard drive through records in so long but yeah you're right that's and so, like, what they were doing was just like, all right, we're gonna get like Honda and fucking Pepsi and Coca Cola. We're gonna we're gonna have those sponsor like fucking big festivals, and we're gonna put their merchandise into Hot Topic. Well, yeah, I mean, the the other thing is like the one of the big festivals. If it wasn't metal, it was like 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 Vance Warped Tour, mm-hmm. and Vance Warped Tour at the time was like you had to see you you got to see like. Real big fish and Deftones was on it. Like it was like a weird hosh posh, like like the Offspring. You yeah. can see you can see real big fish, Deftones, and the Offspring all in one show. As soon as emo hit, it was like no. Now it's <laughs> now it's like we are the emo festival. Like Correct. and it just everything just changed overnight. Everything was like this is marketable. This is like we can market these guys because even like you look at like the way a Thursday dressed, like they dressed with like. Like they were all skinny dudes wearing like really tight shirts and really tight pants and like they all kind of like looked like Spock like had that Spock haircut yeah and like I, it was just like and and credit to them like that was the way they looked but like now it was like well let's market that yeah let's sell really tight shirts and really In tight pants yeah and you got to remember like Hot Topic yeah like it's still kind of this way now but it's like more of like a catch all of like alternative culture or whatever. But, like, Hot Topic at this time was very much like that creepy goth store. Like, this is, like, where, like, your your older fucking cousin that, like, listened to, like, you know, fucking The Cure, like, would get, like, those weird, like, you know, stockings for his hands and, like, his eye makeup and shit like that. A whole genre that I want to cover down the line, too, is, like, goth it def- rock. It definitely felt like Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, and, like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it was, like, it was, like, typo negative. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Susie yeah. and the Banshees kind of shit. Yeah. Like, it went from, like, that's what it was at this time period. And then you inject, like, this whole, like, kind of, like, pop punk, you know, like, emo culture into it. And they kind of, like, start borrowing from each other. And this is, like, where you get that look where it's just, like, well, I like that haircut. I want to do that. And, like, there was one, like, it was bothering me. I was, like, well, who goes into supercuts and requests, like, this hairstyle? Like, the like with, like, the fucking porcupines in the back? I was, yeah. like, what is that called? And I guess it's called like the gunshot wound. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's both yeah. cool and stupid at the same time. Cause it's like, oh, okay, like I'm so emo, I'm gonna blow myself out, I'm gonna, but it's gonna be a haircut kind of thing. Yeah. But that very much comes from like the hot topic culture. And very much that's like a Nikki Six haircut. Like that's a Motley Crew haircut. But it's emo now because they have adopted it, they've appropriated it or whatever. So you kind of got like these cultures mis- mismashing or whatever, where you get like the pop punk, the post hardcore. And now, like, that whole, like, like gothy, like, post, like, hair metal fucking vibe going on right there. And that's how you kind of get, like, that emo fucking uniform where it's just, like, you got, like, the people, like, with the eye makeup and the gunshot wound haircuts and, like, those girls with, like, with, like, the scene haircuts and whatnot looking like a fucking tiger stripes and shit or yeah. whatever. It's because it all came from Hot Topic. That, that was all fucking MySpace, dude. Like, MySpace changed the globe, like felt like overnight like even the bands that weren't like emo at the time all of a sudden started to like adopt more emo things like you brought up you brought up green day earlier and like all of a sudden the dude from green day is like wearing eyeliner or whatever and like they did that american idiot idiot album and it was like 
the dude gets all like emo on shit and like i like there were just so many like cringe factors i remember there was a superman movie that was coming out at that time period and um it's the one with um who's that dude from house of cards Oh um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where yeah. he plays like Lex Luthor. Anyways, the 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 Superman guy, the guy that was playing Superman at the time, he had an interview with MTV, and I remember this very specifically because I was I was sitting there eating pizza at at Cubby's many many years ago, and that's like the first time I ever went to Cubby's and they had the TV on. And he's like, I, I think I think this Superman is is gonna be the first emo superhero, and I remember th- hearing that and being like, Oh my god, like <laughs> like. <laughs> That is like ridiculous, like, and I guess he Superman cries in that movie or some shit. Like, uh-huh. I don't know, just like, and even the Spider Man movie, Spider Man Three came out. Yep. That's when he was like all emoed out, and like, it was just it it took over. Like the the, the thing was just taking the fuck over. Hot topic was like a, a like the the breeding ground for this shit. Like, it it was. You, the, the move was you downloaded your music off. Of, it's probably LimeWire at this time now. Like Napster, like had like it's a year heyday or whatever. But it spawned like all these other, you know, peer to peer like file sharing things like LimeWire. You download your music off of there. You go to Hot Topic and then you fucking you, you flaunt that shit on MySpace and yeah. then you go to school and flaunt it even further. Yeah, and, and like or shows. Then there were like, like the musical genres of like emo spread fat. And one thing that I will say, like the internet changed the game in the sense that it took. It used to take forever for things to catch on because of the internet and because you were able to find like little bands, like all of a sudden you could adopt elements of like electronic music and different things like that. Like you had weird musical genres. There was like the, the group called the millionaires. It was like three girls and they would dress all like, like schnooky. Like, th- yeah. like they were just like, like they look like raver emo girls or whatever. And they did like shitty, like rap music and like just, just like it was a really weird time at this point it was like self-parodying itself like it like like they had brand new and like bright eyes and like sunny day real estate over here and then this was like a whole thing like this was for kids now like now it's like emo for kids it's like Uh like let's dress all like in our costumes and like (laughs) and like make bad music it there was some good music though like there was going back on it like yes like very much like 2004 2005 jacob was like fuck all this like i'm listening to fucking dark side of the moon you know fucking pass out like on a fucking whole bag of weed or whatever but like like going back on it and that's like kind of like where i want to kind of end it on is just like yeah like there was some good music that came out of it like i remember like at the beginning of this week like i was texting you our boy Jesus, who surprisingly like is a big like emo fan or whatever, like I was like, hey, like I'm having a hard time like finding something like I can grab onto, and he would give me a list of stuff. You gave me a list of stuff. What, what did he say? Because I, I find of, that interesting. It was I, a lot of Taking Back Sunday, like oh, Hawthorne so like, Heights. Yeah, so like the popular stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, that shit wouldn't grab me, but I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how like My Chemical Romance came to be. And they mentioned like it was right after 2001 or 2001, right after 9/11 happened. Like, I guess, like, the lead singer, Gerard Way or whatever, like, he was working at Cartoon Network, and he was like, dude, like, life is too short. Like, I need to, like, you know, follow my dreams or whatever. And I thought that was a really beautiful story. Uh, Nicole Smith-Bosch, she was like, yeah, yeah, I really liked, like, the Black Parade. And I was like, all right, let me check this out. Like, I know, like, I looked at it, like, when we did, like, the, you know, previous episodes that this came up with, and I was like, oh, it's not that bad. But like really like oh my god like this is actually like a really like this I would go so far to say like that's a classic album you know that deserves its own episode which kind one of thing. Uh, the Black Parade 
and mm. maybe I'm just like a sucker for I a fucking good for, rock opera. So for, for some reason, that album never like grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Like, so the first time I had heard ever heard of My Chemical Romance, they were playing at Jerry's Pizza with their uh, "You Brought Me." What's that first album called? Like, you brought me something, and I brought you bullets or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. Emo bands always had like these long poetic things, titles to their songs and albums or whatever. But that was the first time I ever heard about them. And then they had. Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. And I thought Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge was like incredible. I was like, dude, this is like a slam dunk. Like this is this is an incredible album. And then and then uh Black Parade came out after that, which I know was like their bigger album. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was bigger, but it wasn't like I didn't think it was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um I, I really like it. I because it to me it, it didn't like rely like on like those like copy and paste tropes like oh, I'm yeah. so sad. I didn't think the other. I don't think any other albums I, rely on that. I didn't. I mean, I haven't listened to like Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge like all the way. But like, if that's like like in your opinion like an all right album, and like I'm like sitting here saying it's a classic, like I'm, it's got me excited to go back and look at like Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge just to see how like I would take on it. But like. It does seem like, like with emo, like there is legit stuff where it's just like, like one YouTube uh, video I was watching, you know, in the history of it, where it's just like the emo treats everything like as a, equally of a big deal. So like it'll take something small, like running into your ex girlfriend in the produce <laughs> of the fucking grocery store, which yeah. is like a real song, like he was talking about. And he goes, "This is a very small problem, but he's treating it like as, a, as like the end of a, the end of the world problem." You have like a very like you know like everyday problem where it's just like I suffer from fucking you know bad social anxiety, which is pretty fucking brutal. Where and then he like mentioned like a My Chemical Romance song where it's just like and this is talking about dying of cancer, but like all three of them and he played like all three songs and they all kind of treat like those three topics like with the same amount of you know gumption or whatever. And it was just like yeah that is that is true and that's like a lot of the reason like it pushes me away like because like I can't sit here and sit through like twelve songs. Of like, oh, my girlfriend doesn't want to go to Taco Bell with me, so I'm so sad. I'm going to fucking blow ahead, man. And then, like, on the other end of it, like, you do got, like, songs where it's just like, oh, wow. Like, they are talking about, like, legit, like, fucking, like, social and fucking mental problems. Which, again, was very taboo back in the day. And I think emo kind of, like, helped bring it to, like, the forefront of where we're at today kind of thing. Where it's just like, it's okay to talk about, like, those things. Yeah. Um. I think um, I, I I don't know I I think like like uh, My Chemical Romance are definitely like the biggest emo band out there right, mm-hmm. um but and you look at everything he's done from his comic books the Umbrella Academy comic books to the Umbrella Umbrella Academy TV show like that's all like one dude like he's super talented like yeah. super and then I think that um he he's Gerard Way doesn't really need like something to happen to him to tell a story and i think that that's one of the things that i've always like admired about gerard way's like musical writing because it's like um he 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 takes like elements and like of history moments and things like that and in all of their albums like all their albums have this thing where like i think my favorite song on uh on uh on black parade is that mama song it does like this toll, like a town, like mama, we all go to hell, and it's just like, like it's just, it's very like Italian based, and it has like this weird, like the album is is cool. I like the album, but I do think like, like looking back at um, at um, three chairs for sweet revenge, 
and maybe just because it's so fresh in my brain, but like it has that um that Van Halen element where it's like like I feel like Van Halen knows how to hit you. Like there's nothing like super deep about a Van Halen song. Like nothing necessarily. But like and that's how I feel about that that album where it's like it's deep, but he's not trying to like be deep to tell you a story. Like these are just this is like you're hearing him tell a story the way that he would write Umbrella Academy. Like mm-hmm. that shit didn't really happen. Like but <laughs> yeah. but like he knows how to tell a good story through a song. And I think I think he captures it better on Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge just because the music's a little more Van Halen for me and like the stories are a little more fast paced. I think mm. it gets a little slow and sluggish for me in Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Or I mean um in Black Parade. Black Parade. It's still good, but it I don't I think the other one's a little more like I wanna Well it's more punky. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wanna I wanna like I wanna I wanna kinda get it going. And it still hits you with like the emotional stuff and like these like weird elements, uh but um of like girlfriends coming back to life <laughs> and haunting you. Like obviously that didn't really happen to him no, in real yeah. life, but like, but it's cool like, though. Like uh, it, it, it goes back to like what I was talking about, like with like the whole Pantera <laughs> thing, it's the presentation of it where it's just I, like, it's, it's a better, like the aesthetic and the presentation of it is like, it's at the end of the day, it's all entertainment, right? Yeah. I, I was just, now I'm like geeking out about his lyrical writing. Cause it's like, now that I'm thinking about like the way that, um, about about uh umbrella academy like it's all written so well like you know like whether it be the black parade theme or whatever that's happening in this one or whether it be like a ghost that's following you and three cheers for street revenge like you know like that's one of the coolest things it's very like what's that one story the edgar Allan poe where he hears like a heartbeat because he killed someone oh yeah it always reminds me of that where it's like you you've done this terrible thing and now it's like haunting you throughout like this entire album where he's like this like character is almost being like driven mad by like something bad he did like this ghost of a former lover is like chasing him throughout this entire album. I always love that. It's such a simple concept. There's no bullshit in it. It's not trying to be deep or anything. Or it is. Yeah, it's not trying to be deep, but it's like a fun concept. Yeah. And then you put that with the backtrack of like something that's as upbeat as upbeat as a as a Van Halen album. That's why I like that album a lot. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, sorry. I know. And then I don't know if this is necessarily considered like emo, but like I know Coheed and Cambria, like they come up a lot. And I don't consider them emo either. Like they're more like prog, but I think they're just because the dude's voice is all like, I, I can't stand Gohe, dude. Like, yeah. I, I find their music though. It's, 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 it's more interesting though. Cause it's, I guess their whole thing is like all of their albums are concept albums about like this whole story, the comic yeah. book that he basically wrote or whatever. And I was like, that's cool. But like, I mean, you get into like some of the bands like, you know, Panic at the Disco, Taking Back Sunday, Sunny Day Real Estate, Captain in the Jazz, Fallout Boy, Paramore, Dash Dude, Fallout Boy. Okay. So we talk, I think we said this like, like, uh, um, guilty pleasure stuff. Fallout Boy, I'll say this right now, dude. Fallout Boy has at least like eight songs that to me are like guilty pleasures. Uh-huh. Like that dance dance song, the 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 Saint a scene song. It's like, dude, they have like so many like songs that I'm just like, dude, I'm so embarrassed that I like those. Like, it's only like eight songs. It's like they're great. It's only like one song per album, but they still like know how to put like one like giant like catchy ass song together because it's a pop punk element to it or whatever, yeah. right? And so like I think that's what it is, uh, but. You know, you get all these bands that used. Again, we mentioned My Chemical Romance, uh, Hawthorne Heights, Jimmy Eat World, Brand New. Of Dude, course. I fucking hate Hawthorne Heights, man. Yeah, me too. But, like, that, I feel like, okay, like, those are, like, the bands that define the genre or whatever. Uh, but the genre quickly kind of, like, dies or whatever. And every, like, 
video I would see like on YouTube, every article I would read like on the internet, every podcast I would listen to, they all kind of like landed on the same thing of why it kind of died a quick death. It's because the fan base grew up kind of thing. It's not like the Beatles like where it's like you grow with the band kind of thing. It's kind of like, yeah, like this this was something that was just made for my teenage years and once I enter in college, like it's time to move on to the next thing or whatever. And like one YouTuber like, he put out a video, like, I thought it was kind of sad at the end, like, where he was, like, you know, the most emo thing ever. Like, where he was looking back, like, on pictures of his friends on MySpace, and they all, like, had, like, the, the hair and the clothes, like, and the makeup. And, like, fast forward to 20 years now, and, like, he shows, like, pictures of his friends now, and it's just, like, one dude's, like, a cop. Like, you know, several of them, like, are in the military, like... One dude like stormed the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's always like, oh, wow, like now you're the polar opposite of where you were yeah. at where as a teenager. But like he ended it, it was just like, yeah, because this genre was never meant to carry us into our adulthood. It was meant to get us through like those rough years of our childhood, like where we're dealing with a lot of hormones, a lot of emotions that we don't understand yet. And some of us are dealing with mental health issues. And, you know, hopefully we did end up getting like the help that we needed. I think that's true for every musical genre, though. Like, no musical genre is supposed to last forever. It's not like we're still listening to Led Zeppelin like it was, like, the <laughs> fresh thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's that's true for every single musical genre. Like, it's, it, and we'll always look back to nostalgia, like, oh, music used to be better, music sucks now. Like, I always think that's, like, the biggest cop-out, like, bullshit, like, thing I've ever heard. But, um, like... Yeah, I mean, just everyone gets older. Like everything, everything comes and goes. Fashion comes and goes. Like every, you know, there's a different. There's a reasons why we're not wearing bell bottoms anymore. There's a diff, There's a reason why we're not wearing like grunge shit, and like those like fucking like. Until it comes back again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and some things are cyclical. Like you mentioned emo rap. Like emo rap, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard. But like, like they're just um, they're just like little things that will bring it back emo night to me is like i mean i don't know i wish we would have had nicole smith bosch on the on the on the podcast because i've always wanted to hear like what someone from outside of the united states looks at an emo night and like do you think it looks cool or whatever like because i i look at it here like and i'm always like i think when i first heard of like emo nights back in like 2015 or whatever when i was like oh that's kind of like a fun interesting thing and like you fast forward now, like 2022, it just f- seems so cringy. Like it's just like it went from like being like a you know once in a while type of thing. Now it seems like every other weekend, like someone's hosting an Evo night thing, and like it's just it it just it's very cringe now. Like it's, it's very like, like it's where the single moms meet it, up with it, the single dads. It, it, it def yeah, it definitely feels like old people that just want a reason to go out and drink beer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know. Like, to me, like, I've always appreciated, like, like, the element of, like, the show, like, the, like, whatever is happening, like, the, the, the band, like, the pit element or whatever, like, I was never there for the scene of it, like, I was there for, like, the music, yeah, I want the craftsmanship, I want, I want to fucking, like, I want, I want to see you, like, play this, I want to sweat, I want to sweat on you, I want you to sweat on me kind of thing, like, I want that element of it. So, like, an element of, like, an emo night where we just take that element out of it and make it fun and pretty, like, that, like, doesn't appeal to me at all. I totally agree with you. And so, like, and, and, like, yeah, so to me it's just, like, what a garbage-ass, like, thing. And I'm sure it started, and I I thought it sounded fun and interesting, like, 
you know, seven years ago, but now it's like the fact that it's still ongoing. I'm just like, dude, kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that wasn't a bad <laughs> no, idea. I know, I know. No, but what I will say to the end of that kind of episode on is like, I do think like as much as like that shit wasn't for me, there is some hidden gems within there that I got to give credit to. We mentioned my chemical romance and whatnot and coheed and whatnot. But what I do think like it's lasting impression on is it's like it did take us from that stigma of like mental health is like a taboo thing that we don't talk about. We don't yeah. talk about Bruno here in this fucking house to mm-hmm. now it's just like in a way like the pendulum kind of sw- swung like too far to the other side where it's just like everybody's got mental health issues mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I think like once the pendulum kind of like lands like where it needs to. Where it's just like, okay, now that it's out in the open, now we can like freely address like these issues. And I do think emo does have a well, lot to fucking add to that. They had like a big movement. Like every emo band would wear like the to write love on her arm shirts. And like that was like a thing that was happening. Like every fucking like lead singer, the Paramore girl, Haley Williams, she had a to mm-hmm. write love on her arm shirt and thrice whatever like everybody dude every fucking band had a to write low on her arm shirt and like that was like a suicide prevention thing like mm-hmm. to make it that mainstream is like hasn't really been seen like no one's doing that like now people will post some shit like once once a year and be like call me if you feel sad and it's like <laughs> whatever dude like um but i did think that even then it felt a little too like fashion trendy yeah. to do it and i think but sometimes you do need like that catalyst though to like fucking spearhead it into the the consciousness it, I, I, yeah i i feel you on that i just think that's like 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 mental health and things like that like abuse like they shouldn't you can always tell the per- the difference between someone who's like like really needing help and like just wants the attention of it yeah. and i think that's that's a blurry line that social media i think we were talking about on the patreon like like social media lets you cross those lines too quickly and like it's it's a scary thing and um i don't know i just just be careful dude be careful with social media realize that if you're listening to this podcast and you just listen to an entire episode about uh, emo from the early 2000s that was like close to 20 years ago and like you're probably pretty old <laughs> and you should probably just like take care of your health and like not rely on social media to like like reach out to people like, put a band-aid on that yeah. fucking cancerous wound so yeah yeah no i totally agree but um with that said art do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off tell your mommy you too shall love elizabeth jackman shall elizabeth warren um if there's any albums that we missed let us know but i'm sure we missed a lot i'm sure we did a, miss a lot i mean there's like but i think we, we covered a lot of gr- like necessary ground for two people that don't necessarily like, like yeah it wasn't it's not a musical genre that i like was super involved in. I mean, there's like little things, like I said, I mentioned Census Fail. I think that yeah. they kept some albums that fucking killed it. I think My Chemical Romance had some albums that fucking killed it. I think Brand New had a bunch of albums that fucking killed it. Um, I didn't realize that people considered Bright Eyes emo, but I guess they're in there. I think Bright Eyes, the entire discography fucking kills it. Um, I don't know. There's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there that's great. So I, even I, even me being the most outside of outsiders or whatever, found something that I enjoyed in it. So I guess keep an open mind. But with that said, everybody, if we did miss something, if we did miss your favorite album or you disagree with something that we said, hit us up on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America. Hit us up in the Facebook group. You know, but let's have a discussion there. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the bats that fucking came out of the Wuhan lab like Jesus <laughs> Gutierrez uh, did or whatever. So do that. Hit us up on all the social medias there. Except for Twitter, we are at Art Jacob Do A1. Uh, go ahead and, uh, like we've mentioned a few times throughout the episode, um, if you like these episodes that you get for free, 
head on over to patreon.com slash rnjacobdoamerica where every single week we put out an episode um, you know a bonus episode for those who subscribe there so donate one dollar you'll get that every single week uh, for your listening pleasures uh, head on over to our website at rnjacobdoamerica.com where art has supplied links to our merch store so that way you can buy some t-shirts or some swag uh, to help promote this podcast to be a walking billboard for the good word of the Art Jacob Blue America podcast if you will uh, go there if you want to hear some other great podcasts that are affiliated with us uh, guys head on over to podbelly.com uh, where you know our buddies at the Silver King podcast I don't think they've covered uh, emo uh, but they did do a really good job of uh, punk rock they did an episode about punk rock that I thought I really enjoyed so hit them up over there if you want to hear um, some of your emo heroes uh, do a long format <laughs> interview, um, head on over to the RRBG podcast with my boy Eddie. He interviews uh, a uh, famous uh, person every single week. I don't know how you do it, Eddie, but your magic is real, and I believe you. But with that said, guys, i got to hurry up and wrap this episode up because I am going to go see the new Batman movie where emo heartthrob himself, Robin Pattinson, has taken the torch the Batman mantle but with that said guys goodbye and good night now you've been quoted, quoted as saying emo is a pile of shit oh shit yes why is that well emo as it is today which is nothing like emo as it was um when I was growing up watching bands like Sunny Day Real Estate or The Promise Ring that to me is like real emo you know what you would consider it um, I was obviously referring to what the modern idea of emo is which is basically a pair of jeans and a haircut Listen like that man uh, it's like this the new gives a fuck about those so just chill to the next episode